back to the square. I am your host, Curtis the Fifth. And I am Curtis the Fourth. Alright, so today we just wanted to do a quick little like mini sode, if you will, on uh, just trying to wanna dip our toe in the NBA world a little bit. And know we've been teasing it for the last few weeks now. So I yep. uh, just wanted to dive in, start talking about it. I know we're a week late, but uh NBA trade deadline has come and gone. Um, and so we want to talk about some of the deals that we felt were pretty significant within that uh, heading into the second half of the season here as uh, we're get, getting things underway. So um, let's just go ahead and dive right into that uh, to start off. I mean, what do, what do you got number one up uh, for your I guess what is your biggest deal of the of that trade deadline day last week? Um. Well, I mean. You don't have to go far. It has to be the Bulls. They made the biggest splash. Um, definitely Fair with enough. this Nicole, you know, Nikola, you know, Vucevic, you know, and you know, grabbing this guy, you know, basically really for pennies on the dollar. Wendell Carter Jr. Really? Yeah, know? I was I was not upset with Wendell Carter uh getting shipped off, and then we do have to give up two first round picks for him. I say we as I, I guess I'm a quote unquote Bulls fan, but I'm honestly I haven't been like hardcore into the Bulls. Uh, but Anybody. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, really, uh, what it comes down to, uh, I think giving up those two first round picks, they're really insignificant because we have been missing or, or the Bulls have been missing on picks left and right. I know I, I, Pat Williams hasn't kind of fully panned out yet. Uh, Lori Markinen, I was really high on him when we first got him a little bit uh, kind of now I'm just like, OK, he's a he could be a role player. He could be a starter, depending on the situation that he's in. Kobe White, I still have some hope for, uh, but I mean, across the board, I haven't been just completely wowed by our first round picks over the last few years. So I'm just like, okay, let's let's get a star in in, in Vucevic, another guy to roll with with Zach Levine and, and, and a big man. He's I mean, Zach Levine came out and said he really wanted to play with a big man, uh, as an All Star big man, and and they played together uh, on on in, in the uh, All Star break. So. Uh, I think that was a, a huge pickup for the Bulls and uh, making sure that they can uh, kind of solidify that they're they're five. Definitely. Um, and, and like you were saying, these two future round first picks, not necessarily going to be a big loss for Chicago because um, they're not knocking out. They're not knocking them out the park with yeah. the first round picks. These are not necessarily outside of pure luck being a cornerstone pick anyhow. Okay. So we're getting a sure thing in, in um, Vujicic. Vucevic. Vucevic. I'm going to keep saying Vucevic. <laughs> Vucevic. And, um, you know, and, and he's proven, you know, now you, you're teaming him up with Zach Levine. We got, you know, a dynamic duo. I, I, I dare not say we have a big three of any sort, you know. I mean, but we depending have really... on how Pat Williams or, or uh, Kobe White come on. I was really, I mean, going back to last year, mm-hmm. watching the Bulls once we, I think at, at a time where uh, Kobe, not Kobe White, uh, Zach Levine went down for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kobe White kind of came into his own. He started kind of finding his shot, kind of, kind of fine tuning his game a little bit uh, when it came to just kind of demanding that one position. Um, and if he can continue to develop, it, he can definitely get there. Um, but um, I think it's really just kind of determining on which one of these young guys is going to step up and and either be that third option or even come up and and be even the the number two. I mean, obviously Zach Levine's the one, mm-hmm. uh, but in in having Nikola Vucevic, that's going to definitely help bolster our depth. And and I mean, and we'll get to it a little bit later with uh, also getting Daniel Tice. Um, but 
I think that the Bulls really just made sure that they had uh, across the board talent at multiple positions mm-hmm. uh, across the uh, across the floor. So I, I think that definitely opened up. Uh, it's going to open up Zach Levine's game, I think, a little bit more too. Uh, having somebody to, that demands to to have somebody in the paint presence as well, because uh, I mean, he's kind of a he's not dominant per se, right. but he can he, he can stretch the floor and he can hold his own in the paint. Definitely, um, and and it gives them like you said much needed depth that they needed, and man, they got they got they got a nice little they got a nice roster right now. Um, so I can see where the playoff push is coming. Yeah, Zach Levine is the number one, but. Vucevic is easily one B. You know, I I'll be remiss to say he's the number two guy. I mean, they're really like a a true duo, yeah. and so it's something Chicago hasn't had for quite quite some time. Um, I can't wait to see what they do in the off season as well to kind of see what they can right. do in the free agency market as well. See if they can get maybe a third piece. Like I said, one of these young guys comes along and really takes over that 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 three or two role, if they will. Right. Um. I mean, it's really just depending on on the continuation of developing the young talent that we have. Um, I mean, still we got Laurie Markkinen too. I mean, he. he I mean, Definitely. we got we got guys all over the place that can really come into their own if they're willing to to put in the work. Um, so, I think that was a huge trait there. Um, I mean, and for the Magic, getting back Wendell Carter, uh, young talent. He hasn't kind of blown up or blossomed into anything huge as of uh, yet. Uh, but they were really fishing for picks, in my opinion, when they were selling guys off. They they got rid of Aaron Gordon. They got rid of Nikola Vucevic. They got rid of um, uh, Evan Fournier as well mm-hmm. uh, on the day. So I mean, they, they uh, Magic were in a complete—I wouldn't say fire sale, but they they're they're definitely looking to start rebuilding. I was uh, going to say they're in a definite rebuild. Yeah. at this point, because uh, yeah, they shipped all their key assets off and look like we're starting over in Orlando. However, it's Orlando. I mean, I don't know if you've been to Orlando anytime recently or in the last several years. I mean, beautiful, you know, vacation spot, but to live For there, sure. I mean, goodness, I mean, life's not too bad. You not know? at all. <laughs> so even in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a rebuild, I'm like, well, you know, give a couple of years, go go out to, you know, uh, Magic Kingdom, yeah. and, you know, go to Universal <laughs> Studios. You For know? sure. There's plenty of things to do in Florida, you know, or get out of Florida, you know, with the, with the, with the pandemic, you yeah. know, one or the other. But um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see the Orlando Magic's fan base at, at storming the gates, you know, in yeah. disgust as was to happen. What what has happened? And Wendell Carter Jr. Let me just say that I, I think what the Bulls deal with, which was which was kind of interesting, because they usually are not that they're usually on the re- kind of on the receiving end of this, but they were able to land a, an, an All Star in, in Vucevic, and basically what they given up was really their project. That's yeah. Wendell Carter. I know he was kind of thrusted and thrown out there. I don't think he was utilized properly. I think his game will possibly, based on whatever Orlando is trying to do now in the rebuild, and if he's really going to be a part of that process, I think they can really start to try to develop his game and try to figure out where his game fits in today's NBA. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that it, it... – in a way, this is a win-win trade for both sides, uh, and including for Vucevic. I think he wanted to be in a winning situation, or at least a playoff situation. I mean, obviously, the Bulls haven't had the most fantastic uh, outlook over the last few years. So, if they could figure it out, um, and, and and like you said, they're they're trying to make this playoff push, especially in a year where we have the the play-in tournament. This allows uh, Vucevic to really uh, see kind of what that side of the NBA is like because I don't believe 
has the Magic even made the playoffs in the last few years? Well, well, I don't think so. Yeah, it's and if they were, it was real quick and they got bumped out fast. Um, it was not notable. <clears throat> yeah, so I, I think that's one of the. I think that definitely has to quantify as the the biggest trade of the day. Um, and I think for me, I guess the the next one up would be uh the Heat going to go get Victor Oladipo, um, and uh, giving up uh. Uh, Avery ba- Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and then there's a 2022 pick swap. So I mean, they didn't really have to give up too much to go get a quote unquote perennial all star in Victor Oladipo, uh, and, and just another piece to kind of help fill out that roster. Another another scoring option, a, a guy that can can really he can play defense quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really like that trade for the heat, just getting another star on that roster to help out Jimmy Butler. Um, and then they didn't really, they didn't have to give up any of their young guys. They, they, I mean, <laughs> Duncan Robinson wasn't a part of that deal. Um, what's the other kid's name? Tyler hero. Tyler hero. Uh, he, if they, the fact that they didn't have to give up either one of those two to get, uh, Victor Oladipo on this, on this trade, I think that was fantastic. That's a huge, that's a, this is a home run deal for, for, for the heat. Definitely. Um, and, I mean, like you said, the most you really had to give up was Avery Bradley. Yeah. You know, which kind of came over to be that extra piece. The way I'm looking at it, well, you're here, you know, you kind of <laughs> didn't really fit. You know, you didn't do anything insignificant. So let's upgrade it. And you upgraded to Victor Oladipo. Yeah. <sighs> okay. The Heat is in the conversations. I know we got the Nets, you know, and. And, 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 and the thing for me, especially with the Heat, is. The, they were hit with COVID hard at the beginning of the season. They had a guys getting sat out a bunch. And, and 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 it wasn't just for a day or two. Like It was weeks on end. They were missing key guys in their roster. So now that they finally have gotten to a, to a point where most of their guys are, are fully healthy, they're able to continue to build on their rotation, kind of fill each other out, get, get back into that groove. I really like kind of you're throwing in Victor Oladipo into the situation, so you're going to have to build that chemistry with him. But once that gets settled in, this team, it, they think they're fourth place in the in the East right now. I, they can really contend with just about anybody except for Brooklyn, who has five All Stars on their roster right now. So exactly, <clears throat> and I mean, so the Philadelphia's, the the Milwaukee's, you know, move over. You got yeah. you know Miami is Watch there. Out. Chicago's on the rise. I mean, it makes the East is very interesting right now um, because that that is just the 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 pool of contenders have just kind of expanded a bit. Yeah. And I'm not saying that they're head over heels about to contend for a title, but you can't just single Perhaps it out to a couple of two teams and that's just it. And yeah. Everyone else is just around. No, there's about five legitimate teams in the East now that can contend for a title, and we've seen crazier things. The Clippers did not make it to the conference championship last year, so no, that, there is no giving. Even for as crazy as it may look, looking at that roster, even for New Jersey to have some kind of the playoff debacle, now, it can way. happen. It happens all the time in the league. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised necessarily for some reason in the first year when it doesn't work out. You yeah, know? and we've seen I, – I don't think that – I mean, uh, Kevin Durant hasn't even played with – even Blake Griffin yet. And I don't think any of them have yet played with Andre Drummond. So no, not, not Andre Drummond. 
Is Drummond the one who went over there, or was it... Uh, With the Lakers. LaMarcus Aldridge. LaMarcus Aldridge, sorry. Uh, yeah, the, so having those guys come over, the, you guys haven't even played together yet, so you got to figure out how that chemistry is going to work. There's only one ball. Uh, who... <laughs> Who's going to get those touches? And, and then who the person that's not getting those touches, are they going to be upset? Are they going to be able to buy in? Uh, right. Is Steve Nash going to be able to handle all of these egos? Uh, I think it's a it's a tough situation in, in Brooklyn right now. Um, so I think they, at this point, maybe they, they need to temper expectations in Brooklyn. I know you got stars, and when you have stars, they're expecting championships. But maybe you take a st- step back and say, hey, we're just filling it out this season, and then next year, if we can re-sign some of these guys to to, to some deals uh, on some cheap deals anyway, then you can figure out a way to to jump into this thing next year with the full roster, complete mm-hmm. chemistry, and hopefully stay healthy for the full year and not have to deal with as much uh, COVID issues as we had this season so far. So um, maybe that's kind of the, the the route that I think a lot of. Uh, Nets fans may have to take because, again, like I said, we haven't seen Kevin Durant on the floor with any of these guys uh, in, in any recent time. Uh, Blake Griffin, he's just starting to get back to to Lob City. Blake Griffin again, he had his first dunk, and I think in over three hundred sixty five days or something like that. Um, I mean, attempted dunks too. Yeah, I, I don't even know. <laughs> have he attempted any? <laughs> Up into this, there's ground, nobody I mean, to lob him the ball over in Detroit, so it's no. It's a crazy stat. As I was just curious, like. What's the validity of that? Like, yeah. is he even trying to dunk the ball? Like, because if he's not, I mean, like, but it, this is what he's known for. It's just right. like the fact that he hadn't hit, he hadn't done it a single time in over a year. It was, it was crazy to me. Um, so I, I think uh, Brooklyn has a has an interesting situation over there. Um, but as we were saying with this Victor Oladipo trade, yeah, the Heat certainly are are going to be in, in in contention. Uh. For, for this East title um, when it comes uh, around, what is it, June, where we're going to be kicking things off because, man, it, this team is, is very solid overall. Uh, I like the way that they're looking uh, so far, and, and if they can continue to stay healthy, I think that they're, they're going to be one of the hardest teams to deal with in the East uh, this year. Got it. Um, One deal that I – it was significant, I think, to me, looking just looking at – when you're looking at some of these rosters and yeah. – a deal that makes sense for teams was the um, Clippers-Hawks deal, um, the Ray John Rondo deal. And 100%. I, oh, man, the Clippers, a much-needed veteran point guard that they needed. You know, Patrick Beverly is over there, but it doesn't have to solely fall <laughs> on Patrick Beverly. Yes, and, and, and they traded for who you just say? Lemon Pepper Lou. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 well, we're going to just <laughs> eradicate ourselves completely from this bubble situation yeah. and, and the debacle. And I think, you know, this trade kind of <laughs> closes the chapter on, on, on the whole just there's the the bubble blow we know up he's experience. happy in Atlanta. He has uh, to be. I mean, I mean, and sending them right. That's what I said. It's a trade that works for both sides, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I, uh, I mean, Le- I just feel bad for Lou Williams. He's been in a situation with the Clippers for quite some time, being the perennial sixth man of the year. Uh, I mean, for his entire career, in all, in all honesty, uh, and now he's in a situation with the Hawks where they they still haven't figured out their identity with Trey Young being the star there yet. Um, so he's gonna kind of be in that reset mode right now. I'm a little baffled. I, I, I mean, maybe I'm not looking. At, I didn't look at the numbers closely, but it seems to me that the Clippers could have did this in the off season, and they could. I think they tried. Did they? I, uh, they definitely tried to go get Rajon Rondo this off season. Okay. Um, 
but I think Rajon Rondo, he wanted his money. He he got paid by Atlanta, and so he was. It was as simple as that. The Clippers just didn't have the money that he, that Rajon Rondo was getting offered from other teams, yeah. especially not from the Hawks. Um, so now he got his money. Now he has a team. So yeah. minus Lou Williams, of course. But I thought it was an excellent, excellent trade. You know, out of out of all the big splashes that was going on, then I seen that one. I was like, ooh. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> People I mean, this is going to make the Clippers one of the hardest teams to do, especially with the fact that the Lakers they're in they're kind of in turmoil right now. I know they got Andre Drummond uh, as well uh, to kind of help temper things until LeBron and AD gets back. But it, once they get back, they got to get back up to playing speed. And if we're already round ones already in the books, I mean, you're kind of looking at a situation where the Lakers could end up falling into this playing tournament and, and potentially get knocked out by one of these hot teams that, that are kind of, when you get streaky, they can mm-hmm. knock you out fast. It's a one game playoff. And, and I think you, depending on if you're seven or eight, uh, you, you can either lose one game or, or you, it's a one game elimination. Um, so that, that's neither here nor there, but the Lakers are in, 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 are in a position right now where the Clippers are coming hot on their heels and the Clippers are coming to, to really come out and, and, and win this thing. They are, I think they're trying to respond to what happened last year, all the criticism for them getting knocked out by the Mavs uh, early in the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, and was that the, second, it was the first round? Who was it? Who are we talking about? No, they got knocked out by the Nuggets, didn't they? Nuggets in the second uh, in round. In the second round, yeah. In but the they, almost got lo- they almost lost to the, to the Mavs in the first round. Uh, if uh, I think Chris Haps-Porzingis would have been there from game one all the way through easily. The Clippers were out of that thing. It was the bubble. I take it for what take it for with a grain of salt. But still, I mean, no matter if it's a bubble, I mean, the, the, you knew the expectations going into that series or, or going into the into the playoffs in the first place. Yeah, but these guys' mentalities. I mean, I, I cannot ignore these. All these guys don't necessarily rise to the pressures. The edge, uh, and that's fine. And I and I have no distractions. Pro- you know? I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. But when you create it yourself by putting out these ads saying, "I'm the king of L.A. now," oh, it's about LeBron. Oh, no, no, with the Clippers, the, the, when Kawhi came, oh. he put out those ads saying, "I'm the king of L.A. now." Really? This is yeah, it was a real bolsterous move to come in and say that the, the Clippers, it's our city now, because uh, they got sorry Kawhi in in in. Uh, Paul George. And I'm just like, yes, you guys are, are decent. You guys had a great season last year. Paul George is coming off an MVP can uh trying to be an MVP candidate. And you gotta put things together though. You can't just, oh, we make these this huge deal and then come in with all this all this moxie and all this kind of bravado and then not back it up. That's what I had an issue with. You you had you talked all that mess all season. It, from the beginning of the year, the Lakers shut their mouths, they got to work, they went and grinded the entire year, and you guys came out there and just laid an egg. And you didn't even make it to to the to the matchup of all time, the battle for LA. You couldn't even make it to that. Exactly. Well, uh, three, that's what I was upset about. A three-one debacle on top of that. <laughs> I mean, it was theirs for the taking, and they just yeah fell apart in a series. I don't. I don't know. I don't. No one know, understands what happened <laughs> outside of a meltdown. But um, definitely should make LA interesting. They got a very very nice front court when once all the three guys come back. But what what position does LeBron play? Let's. I mean. I mean. Let in a, in a matchup in a he's lineup. A, he's a, He's listed at that as point guard, which well, okay, but he's being he guarded by Kawhi. 
Th- thank you. And I, I mean, I understand this is almost like a positionless league now. Um, but I'm curious to see what they start in five is going to look like, you know, with them grabbing yeah. drum and, 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 and I'm saying this in, in, a, in, in relation to the Clippers grabbing, you know, they went and got Rondo. So they, they went to boast of their backcourt while, you know, LA went to, you know, try to stop the bleeding in their front court because yeah. obviously, you know, cause the, and you know, Davis and LeBron is out right now. And yeah. Needless to say, don't know when each one of them are coming back. Um, personally, as you know, a personal fan, I, I hope they never <laughs> hope they stay out the rest of the year. I'm just, I'm done. I'm just so done with the super team concept. Or this LeBron James version of the super team. Well, he doesn't element. even have the super teams anymore. He's he's got he's got a legitimate duo. That's it. The rest of that team. Uh, what's so super about about the Lakers? I mean, Drummond is a solid. I, besides, I mean, yeah, you got you got to. Yeah, these other people they've been talking about, I'm like Montrez Harrell. Who, who are? Yeah, they're I not. Mean, Montrez okay. Harrell, he's a good role player. He's not. Thank he's not. You. To me, he's not a starter. That's what he, I'm saying. He's he not that. You know, when we, you know, like, when I was, when I was you're not trying him out there for 38 minutes a right, game. Right. When I was prefacing big three, I don't mean who's the third person on your team and he's the part of it. No, he. he it's a certain level of talent that you have to bring yeah. where, you know, you are standalone. You can go somewhere else and lead your own team. You yeah. can't go somewhere else and be the number two guy or the number three guy somewhere. That doesn't count as the the, the big three. That's just, like you said, they got a big two. Drummond technically could be three, but that remains to be seen with all these injuries and stuff right yeah. now. And, but but and, beyond that, yeah, who's Mark Gasol? Okay, I well like Dennis Schroeder. I I think I I like his game, but he's young. He's still raw. He still has a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, who else is there? And Morris, no role no. player. Uh, Gasol, role player. Jared Dudley, role player. Yeah. Uh, they they've got it's it's LeBron, AD, and and the rest John the Drummond, guy. and it's the rest of the it's the it's the crew. <laughs> like that that's exactly. all it is. And so for the Clippers, you've got more of it. They have a they've had a deeper roster for the last two years. And you should have been in that in that matchup in the first place last year. You guys took your 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 seating for granted. You you came out there and, and you came out flat. You didn't finish and 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 you didn't deserve it because you did not play the way that you should have. And I I think that it, it's just an we're at a time where I think that the Clippers need to wake up and see that they have an opportunity here. But I don't think that people are going to give the Clippers credit if they do beat the Lakers because of how hurt and and with the guys that are sitting out with the with the Lakers. If they beat them, it's like you didn't beat the actual Lakers this year. You beat a bunch of role players. But if they go on to win, they win the title. That, that's no, no, different. I'm saying, yeah. But if the Lakers go on to beat them with or without LeBron, you know. What is to be said about the Clippers? You lost again. It's, you know, so it's damned if we do, I mean, damned I mean, if we don't. I will. I think we need to just beat them regardless. You know, yeah. they on if they're in front of us, they on the slate, you know. And that's LeBron what I was saying last LeBron, year. So be it. Yeah. You, know? uh, you, you play with with what you're given in front of you. That's what happened in the finals. Yeah. You know, because uh, Miami definitely wasn't going in 100%. And it's just Jimmy understandable. Jimmy rolled his ankle in the first game. Right. And we can go back to the, I mean, come on. So we can go back to the Golden State-Cleveland saga. Every year, and not was, even that, you can go back to the Golden State Raptors series just three years ago. I'm saying, like, as I'm saying, every single finals almost has this element, and then all of a sudden it comes up. Yeah, well, such and such wasn't 
do. Every year, there's something to be said. So with that being said, it all even. I mean, out, and, and you know? to me, like, at the end of the day, you should be praised for being able to make it all the way. I mean, that's a long season. You're starting in, what, September, getting ready for the season, and then mm-hmm. you're going all the way to June, July. Sometimes it's July 1, and you're still playing basketball. That's a long season. <laughs> that's a grueling. And, and, and I know it's basketball, and I know there's less contact. It's a different game, blah, blah, blah. Let's keep <laughs> talking about it. But still, it does, that doesn't mean that these guys aren't physical freaks. They are still putting bodies on bodies. And, mm-hmm. and it does take it does tax you when you're playing for that long. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 and I can understand that part of the concept of the super team. You want as a deep lineup as you possibly 100%. can. 100%. Um, but have we and that's part of my knock with it and this ain't about super team so I, i'll stop <laughs> I, I digress i don't want to get into that um so yeah it, it's gonna make for, for an interesting com, um commentary going forward in the second half of the season yeah. in la cause, well yeah with ronja rondo i think that's a huge upgrade and it, sorry i i don't mean to be disrespectful i think pat patrick beverly he does play a huge role in that Clippers lineup, but now he's taking over that Lou Williams role. You're the sixth man. You got to come out and bring that fire. And I think that he, that actually works better for Pat Beverly Mm -hmm. Beverly than being that starting role. Cause the starting role, you have to sustain that over a certain amount of time. You really can't, if you can come in and give that extra energy, that fire off the bench, that's going to be huge for the Clippers. And he could be in any, and he was called to be a little bit more of a playmaker as opposed to he can, he has playmaking abilities, but he also, man, he's a, a, a tremendous score and yeah. but he's out there also with Paul George and and, and Kawhi Leonard and yeah. whoever else is in the lineup you know whether it's um oh my god what what's his name uh Serge Ibaka you know oh, yeah, and, yeah. you know if he's you know cleaning up off the offensive glass or whatever the case it's yeah i think in a, from a rotational standpoint sliding in a a a a gym like Rondo in the starting lineup and then letting Patrick Beverly come off and like Leah lead the second half second team's charge makes them a more balanced team now. Um which in LA's case, yeah, they're they're stacked in the front court and like I says, you know, then it's the other twelve, ten guys, you know, yeah. Who, you know, they just, somebody needs to step up today. And I'm like, that's fine. And it, it does work. But I think LA is in position once again to be that team that can knock them out. Not you know, and that's uh, uh, along with there's a, a a list of other teams. You have your Utahs and your Denver's, and you know it, it's. Well, let's a, get into the one that I think. Go ahead. Had, I think this was one of the sneakiest big trades of the day, and that is JJ Redick heading over to the Mavs from the Pelicans. Say more. So, the for me, you got. Luka Doncic, he's your number one scoring option. You got Chris Porzingis, he's your number two. He's your your defensive president. He's your post president. He can stretch the floor as well on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the board. They needed shooters, and JJ Redick is a knockdown shooter. I, I don't care how old he is. I don't care how slow he is. I don't care that he doesn't play defense. I, I mean, and that's not even true to me. I I I think he has underrated defense as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so for him to be able to come in and whether he's coming off the bench or he's in the starting lineup, being able to be that guy standing in the corner to knock down a shot when when you absolutely need it, J.J. Redick completely changes, I think, the scope of what the Mavs can actually do in this playoff run. Because I think that was one of the biggest things in that Clippers series. It was just Luka hitting shots. They really didn't have anybody else 
who can come in and just be a knockdown shooter. I mean, Luca had one of the nicest buzzer beater threes in the in the bubble last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, excuse me. Um, I think JJ Reddick coming in and giving taking some of that pressure off of Luca being the sole scorer mm-hmm. on the offensive side of the of the ball. JJ Redick is going to really open up, I think, Lucas' games, Chris Apps games, and just take the pressure off of those two on the offensive side of the board. And then being able to, like I said, be that kind of underrated defensive guy in, in the front, in the backcourt anyway, he, he's definitely going to be huge in, in Dallas. And he got the two Michigan guys to back them up as your role players with Trey Burke and Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. Um, so. Man, that that was a solid move. I, I don't know if you remember this, man. Chicago was after J.J. Redick um, oh, when he was in Atlanta, but he was a restricted free agent, and Atlanta gotcha. matched it. I was like, ah. <laughs> and so we ended up I with, love J.J. Redick. And that's when we ended up with the um, Kyle Korver. Gotcha. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, let me stop. Not That's not when we, we had Kyle Korver. We were trying to replace him. Okay. This is towards um, the end of Kyle Korver? This was like his, his second year because gotcha. Korver came as if you remember. He just... Couldn't necessarily knock down the big shots at all in Chicago yeah. until we traded him. Kyle Corbett shows up again. I'm like, what? Well, what? he was he was decent with us for a while. He had he had about two years where he was like, okay, we if we need a shot, we can get it to Kyle, or we can we can run it through our star. I, I never felt it flow with the with their winning success. Like he had his moments, but I mean, collectively, just from what how I remember it, it just in the biggest moments he did not show yeah. up. And that's for me. I'm like, okay, if you, this is what you do. If you can't do that, then I yeah. mean, because we, we we had to, you know, that was we was a part of the uh, constellation of the LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh sweet stakes. Don't what get was into left, that heartbreak. You know, <laughs> we ended up getting um Carlos Boozer and and, and um Kyle Corbin, you know, which two Utah guys, and that was fine. But yeah, I was not impressed, especially with that first year. I think by the second year, I didn't care. So because at that point they were that's when we went and got you know the Bulls went and got um Paul Gasol and they was trying to changing the face of yeah okay we got Gasol and Boozer why do we get Boozer if we're going to get Gasol well we didn't know we were getting Gasol and we had to settle for Boozer you know it's in the succession of things there was no one else left yeah is this not now sounding familiar to something else right now I'm not getting into it <laughs> let's move off uh no but I think JJ Redick but in... yeah but that was a, just a fun fact about JJ Redick the Bulls were trying to get him yeah. but they couldn't land him yeah, I, but I think JJ Redick really brings just a new level to the offense and and a little bit more depth to the defense uh, of Dallas to to kind of bolster their roster. Again, this is a, some more depth, uh, and and I think I mean all they gave up James John John sorry James Johnson, uh, Wes Wandu and a second round pick. Honestly, to me, the JJ Redick's value is so much higher than that, and they got Nicola uh, Melli back as well, so. But what I, do you? How do you see this? Is um, Redick a starter? Is he coming off the bench? What I don't do care. <laughs> Wherever he is, he you can have him come off the bench if you want to start Tim Hardaway, uh, or if you want to just have that spark right from the beginning of the game, take that pressure off all immediately. Cool. Have you know, JJ Redick and Luca at the same time. That's why I asked. I'm like, man, I wonder if they're gonna bring make him like the sixth, seventh guy. But that, that stretches just... the floor so much for him. I mean, you got Chris Epps in the paint. You're stretching that the entire defense across the entire floor mm-hmm. if you've got JJ Redick out there as well and that takes so much pressure you can't triple team Luka anymore right you you absolutely cannot cuz you have to watch Chris Stapps and you have to watch you have to have at least one guy on JJ cuz he can hit a shot from anywhere anywhere <laughs> 
So uh, that that's going to be – that's why I think this trade is so big for Dallas. I think that this really makes them uh, a really tough contender, especially with the Lakers being down right now. The Nuggets are in flux. They've got to figure out their chemistry with the guys that they have on their roster. They just got rid of Gary Harris and RJ Hampton to get Aaron Gordon back, and we'll get into that trade in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but for them, they're, they're in a really weird spot. Uh, the Clippers got to figure out their whole situation as well. I mean, who else in the West is really kind of – competing against Dallas and them. I, I think Dallas is one of the sneakiest, like kind of one of these sleeper teams that can really come in and wreak havoc in the, in, in the West. Oh, I agree. And like you said, the Dallas with the Clippers, I mean, only other two teams that we, you know, like I said, you about to go into Denver, Denver would be that other team. Yeah. And like Utah and oh, Utah as well. I mean, Utah, I, I don't know if Utah's kind of, I mean, obviously they had a great first half of the season. They're number one in the West. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cool. Not, not feeling them to I, continue this. It just for me the way that they kind of fizzled out in the playoffs. I know it was it was all Donovan Mitchell. It was all Spider. Like you could like it had to be him and nothing else to get that to even get to the game seven, and then you still lost against the Nuggets. So like I they really it's not that they don't do it for me. It's just, I just don't know if they've done enough to get over that hump. Well, I see what what I've seen. If I looked at just history and how natural progression, yeah, okay, what you just said is fair. They they faced Denver, hit a buzzsaw, you know, they were looking great, you know, and then boom, they they couldn't get past Denver. Okay, we're in a new season. They've been the number one team. Yeah, they basically you know have just been looking at everybody in their in their rear view, Denver included. It is kind of like natural progression. Will say if they was to meet this year, Utah should have their number. Not necessarily a guarantee, but they're they're doing exactly. It's not as if they're four games behind Denver. Yeah, they're no, ahead. and I'm so not saying that. I'm not saying that, that they, they haven't had that progression. It's just I don't. It's to me. I know you want to. I I need to show me. You know. Yeah. And it's well, Utah. there's that, but it's also the the, the playoffs are just different. <laughs> it, it's 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 just different, and that's the reason why. Like I typically don't watch the first half of the season. Because I get, I like the playoff atmosphere. And I, I give like you that. that. I just, it's just you. You gonna have to miss me at the bubble though. That it's just because no, of the I, I bubble that. element. Yeah. And like, yeah, that you got to take everything with a grain of salt when it comes to the it's bubble. Just like and I, I and can't I respect see that. past that. You know, but I mean, just, even before that, you they weren't able to really get past well, the Pacers. It, it, true, but I mean, for me, I don't see anything different from what is what it was before. It's Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert shows up a couple of times. It, throughout the season but he's not really a number two he's not really a number two scoring option for one and and who else do you got down there to really take all take the load off of donovan mitchell oh that's uh, well <laughs> you mm. gotta have another guy there's gotta be somebody else uh, they Wait, don't really they mike conley miss me with that <laughs> i mean man you can't with that contract you gotta be <laughs> And he's like still like the highest paid player in the league. I don't right think now. anymore. No. Second, third, he he's in top he's five. Up there. And I'm like, uh, when I last look, who the hell is Mike Conley? You know, I'm yeah. like, I mean, I we know who Mike Conley I, is but no disrespect. On. Like but that's, just, that's a huge just contract. Ridiculous, man. But but where? Yeah, he has Mike Conley. So I don't know what else to tell you. But with that, and they got Rudy Gobert, and that has seemingly been. More than enough, and I know what you're saying. <laughs> when the playoffs come, these guys might shrink. I know you didn't say that specifically, but they might. That's what ends up. That's what <laughs> ends up with. You know exactly. It's like you know, 
these distractions and this the the the, the pressure and all of a sudden now the, 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 the plans are just different. Yeah, you know, and okay, y'all got everything to lose because you got home court advantage now. Remember how yeah. great it was in the regular season? Now you're the target, you yes. know, and now you're the one seed, even though you know, you beat the Lakers to the one seed. Okay, great. Until you meet them in the second round, if they the four, they might seed, have to meet them in the first round, depending on what happens. Right. I mean, with, they mess around to be the worst eighth seed ever. Yeah. I'm like, man, no, we forfeit. I'm not playing you in the first <laughs> round. Get out of here. You know, like, not fair because you know, because you know what's going to happen if these guys sit out throughout the season. It doesn't even matter. Whatever day the um the first day game of the playoffs, that is going to be their return date. They're coming back yeah. for game one. There's going to be no, well, we'll see about, you know, Davis sometime later in the season. No, no, no. They're all going to show up for week, for week, for game one, ready to go, whether they're 100% or not, you know, and we've seen this before. So to, for you to understand what you're saying, I, I, I guess in their case, they didn't necessarily have to deal in the, um, the trade, the, and the trade yeah. deadline, or the trade, or in trading at all, and they just they're gonna run with what they got. They got the success is there. They didn't feel like they really needed to tweak anything. Yeah. And well, let's we we're gonna see see if this works. You know what I mean, but they're in a fine position to do that. I would say if it was virtually any other team, I would have probably been like, okay, why didn't y'all get involved in yeah. any of, in any of this? And there's a few teams out there where I'm just kind of like, huh. So you just go with what you got, huh? Okay. Yeah, so I can see that your organization is just well. Cool, there's a lot of cool teams with being yeah. where you are, you know, and just being relevant. I guess you know we don't play for relevancy; we play for championships. But yeah, I, I know all franchises do not necessarily that's their target every single year. I mean, Grant, that's everybody's goal. Yeah, you know, but seriously, seriously going after that in 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 the short term, and some of these teams are obviously just not in position for that. But man, at least look like you're trying. You yeah. know, that's all I'm getting at. <sighs> yeah, but I like I said, I think this really puts the Mavs on on the spot here, and it, it really gives them a, a a foot up with JJ Redick on the offensive side of the ball. I, I think this, I can't wait to see how this progresses and and how this kind of meshes together. Um, but one thing before we move off of this trade for mm-hmm. the Pell side of this, um, the Pelicans to me, I was kind of shocked that they didn't give they didn't get rid of uh Lonzo Ball this year. I don't think they could unload him. They were trying, but they just I don't know I don't think they got the deal that they what were. What were they looking, looking for? for? Like what possibly were you looking uh, for to get I'm back not, I I don't know if they were just looking for a particular that that's the thing that's been out there. I, I my guess is they were looking for a, a specific amount of assets to come back and I don't think they got the deal they were looking for. So based on I don't th- I think they were in a position where they didn't feel if the deal did not really wow yeah. them, they were not going to pull the trigger. But Maybe not definitely this trying off-season. to move them, but yeah, and I think and more so if they're gonna revisit this in the off season. Yeah. So, uh, but for right now, well, Lonzo, I mean, just play, man, play your heart out, bro. You know, because your, I mean, your time I like is short. Game, and I, I think that he's been definitely progressing. I mean, he he isn't behind Markel Fultz anymore to me. I think he definitely has shown mm-hmm. what he what he can bring to the table. Defensive guy who can really be kind of a, a, a he's a great facilitator on of the ball. So, I mean. I'd like to see him go play with his brother uh, down in Charlotte. Oh, that would be so nice. For him to be able to distribute the ball to LaMelo, oh my goodness, that would be ridiculous. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily think that, 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 uh, that's coming out of left field because, you know, Jordan has had some really interesting moves in the past. Yeah. This, this could definitely be one of them. I'm like, why not, man? Play, you know, uh, play to it. And I think it would definitely help 
Um, Charlotte is definitely moving in the right direction. And now that his brother is out, well, I mean, he'll be back next year. But, yeah. um, I mean, why not? You know, I'll at least make an offer and put something out there, but, you know, you know, spark some type of, you know, interest and some relevancy back in Charlotte. You know I mean, which they've been looking good the last few weeks and so. So it, yeah. they're interesting. But I, I, I like that. I, I did like the idea. And he could bring some defensive depth to them. I I think, again, we're underrating the these point guards, like their defensive presence. Uh, Lonzo actually plays pretty solid defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I mean, his numbers may not be up there uh, with the rest of them, but. He he does bring a presence where he, he makes it a little bit scrappy out there for you. You're, you're not just blowing right past him like it's not it's not a James Harden situation. Yeah, so I I can see that they when you was asking what they're looking for, they're probably looking for another point guard, obviously. But that like I said, I don't think they got the package that they're looking for. So if I was Charlotte, I would have traded Terry Rozier for. I mean, Terry Rozier, you get Alonzo back and probably a couple more picks. I would have taken that in a heartbeat. Definitely would help. Um, because, I mean, the Pelicans, they're a young team. They got, you know, you got your Brandon Ingrams, Zion, you know, yeah. and, you know, and you start there. And, you, I mean, of course, Eric Bledsoe. And you got you got those three guys, yeah. you know. I mean, go from there, you Josh Hart, you know, it's you got a nice little nucleus. So I, I would, de- why not, you know. But, I, again, I think they're looking for the right deal at this point. Yeah. And rightfully so. I mean, after you've traded away uh, Anthony Davis, you yeah. <laughs> you need to, you know, proceed with caution because this like the next move is like that's your career. That's like career move, career moves at this point. Yeah. You know, that might be your career. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you make For the sure. wrong. No, I get, I respect decision. that. Um, what what else you got? I mean, there was there's quite a few deals. So I mean, what else you um, you see on your your paper there? Oh. Uh, not not a significant one. I like I like some of these smaller deals. Uh, yeah. Because you know, I like the Gary Trent going to um Gary Trent Jr. to the Raptors. Uh, okay. Yeah, Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, Duke Blue Devil, one of these one and done <laughs> players, but you know, come from Minnesota, so he's kind of a homer over here. So yeah. I've just been kind of watching him from afar, but I'm watching him from afar in the most pessimistic way because <laughs> I, I already knew he. Like most of these guys, you're not ready to jump and make the leap. Yes, somebody will draft you and someone, they're going to give you a rookie contract and they're going to give you those three, four years to do whatever it is you do, you know. Yeah. But in more times than not, especially from Duke players, and it's just the kind of players that Duke have been in the past, have they have they cultivated? And I can't really say this in a one and done because they're only there for one year. Yeah. But um, those are not usually your, your cornerstone players. They usually your your solid um your solid role players you know outside of you know what i mean granted outside of your your um your what do you call it your grand hills it, it really was no one else from duke they were all just role players but very solid ones like brandon ingram you know he very Redick. you know jj uh, uh, reddick uh what, what's what's his, man why do i keep losing this guy's name in boston oh jason tatum 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 may be the closest thing in between a grand heel and what I've been explaining. Like, I don't think he's not. He, can he lead a team by himself? Maybe. I'm not. I'm still not convinced. You know, like, Fair. is he the number one in Boston? I know I'm getting into a whole other type of thing, but it's he. He's kind of like a one two ish number two guy in the, in the, and how his skill set is set up. He can be that guy, but I don't think you're going very far with. I him. think it's what you're saying about these these NFL wide receivers. I don't know if he has a dog in him. 
to take over. Every man, you see, and I can't even say, I can't say yeah or nay. And that's, that's, that's good. That's, that's a fair statement. You know, like, I'm not sure, you know, like, and, I want you to take over. Like, I, I want you to be right. like, this is my team. This is my roster. This, this is my, like, I am the head of this organization. I am the face of this mm-hmm. team. Let's go. Yeah. And I get, he's not passive, but I, he's passive ish. He, he's, <laughs> you know, like, he's he, in between, to me, he's kind of, he's, he's a step above what, um, Kawhi Leonard is. Kawhi Leonard is a hundred percent. I'm a, I'm a show you with, uh, I'm a talk with my play. Mm-hmm. That's what Kawhi Leonard is. And then you got the opposite side of that. LeBron is like, yes, I, I, I can do, it. I can show you the play, but I'm also going to get you guys. Let's get in the huddle. Let's talk about it. Let mm-hmm. me show you what I'm seeing. Let me give you that advice. Let's, let's have that conversation. Let me show you why. Let me tell you why we need to do it this way instead of doing it the way that you were. And I think Jason Tatum is just, he's a little bit too close to Kawhi and where he just wants to do it with his play where I think he needs to start to turn into, this is my team. I am the leader. They're trying to build around me. It's clear as day. Right. Boston wants Jason Tatum to be the number one guy. Right. So if that's the case, I don't know if Boston hasn't told him that or not. And that's the reason why maybe he hasn't stepped up or maybe they have. And he's just, I'm still a 24, 25 year old. I don't know if this is this is the role that I need to take just yet. But he needs to step up and 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 needs to take charge of the team because this this they they are clearly trying to make this Jason Tatum team. Right. So I, I just think that they, they they either need to tell him to step up or he just needs to do it on his own. And I don't know if he will do it under his own volition. I'm not sure. Danny Ainge is absolutely sure, especially since the you know they had the you know <clears throat> the trading away of Kawhi. Uh, uh, Kyrie. Not quite Kyrie. Why Kawhi? <laughs> as soon as I said it, I, yeah. yeah. Because obviously Kyrie was the number one, you know, yeah. but he go, he, he, he leaves and they, and it was just next man up. And it's like, that's cool, but I don't, I don't know if that he's that guy, you know? And, 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 well, I guess I say that they're clearly building around Jason Tatum, but they did bring in Kimball Walker. Is Kimball Walker the number one option? Mm-hmm. To me, no. No. Like he's a, he's definitely one of the best facilitators that I think he's a better facilitator than even Kyrie was with that team. And I think and and from what like, this team is kind of built, yeah, it, it's built with a lot of good talent. You know, not necessarily ones. You know, or those alphas. You know, yeah. just and he's very good, and I think he can sustain your team. But if you're looking for that championship level. They're gonna have to ask somebody else. And, to. and this is, and I think it's it's clear as day that they they're in a situation where they don't have a guy that's an alpha. Because if you think back to the bubble, I think the bubble shed a lot of light on a lot of things. Mm. And when they were really hurting against the Heat in that conference finals, we had we heard the reports. There were there were reporters standing outside the locker room like they are absolutely at each other's throats in there. Something is going on, and I don't know who needed a talking to. <laughs> I like I don't know who needed to sit down and really calm down whoever it was, but there there clearly wasn't that alpha in the room to say, okay, let's galvanize, mm-hmm. let's fix what is wrong. Is it is it mm-hmm. is it our scoring? Is it our defense? Are we not stopping them? Who are we leaving open? Whose man is that? Are we not communicating on the floor enough? There right. there's not enough of that happening in the locker room or on the bench for that matter for them to sit down and figure it out in real time to fix it. And, and that's the reason why they got knocked out last year. They just, they were absolutely steamrolled by, by, by the heat last year. Oh yeah. Oh, well, I mean, everyone was, <laughs> I mean, I mean, and that, that's not to say the heat didn't have a great roster, but there, right. there was a reason why we were shocked because 
everybody thought Boston was that team. It's their it's their time. Exactly. Like, exactly. So I mean, I, I think we kind of went off on a little no, bit no, of a no, tangent right. there. So I don't back, even know how we got there. Backtracking all the way from Duke back to Gary Trent Jr. Oh, <laughs> being yes. traded to Toronto. <laughs> it was just a Duke, yeah. a Duke you know, side lot, sidebar. Um, but Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood, both Duke Blue Devils, by the way. I, it's just, it's just, I mean, I was like, I was, was telling you. Was he on that 2015 team? No, neither one of them. Oh, okay. Um, Rodney Hood. Ooh. I think Rodney Hood might have been. Rodney Hood Because he played with, he had to have played with no, Tyus Jones, didn't he? I said he might. He might have been gone. Uh, I'll look it up, but I'll keep talking. Yeah. Um, but I definitely like that for the Raptors. I think they got two solid players and just Norman Powell. I mean, anything, any, you got any, any any feedback about a Norman Powell? No. Going to the Blazers because <laughs> it just, to me, it sounds like it's a steal. <laughs> Overall, it was a nice two for one. You know, I just thought it was a solid deal for Toronto. Not since Kawhi left, Toronto has just kind of been in flux, you know, to a degree. I mean, you got Kyle Lowry, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think that's some much needed help that can help bolster at least make yeah. Toronto interesting. I don't think it's going to put them in a race or put them in any kind of contentions or anything. Yeah. But I just think it was a a good building piece. To, to to go off of, and then they got the off season and the draft, and then it can go from there. But yeah. I think those are two solid pieces picks. So I, that was a, it was just a trade I thought was very interesting personally because I'm a Duke fan. But I've yeah. seen <laughs> man, they traded for two Duke players. I'm like, oh, not too you know, you know, Rodney Hood's a very nice defensive, you know, nice little role player. You know, yeah. Gary Trent Jr., streaky shooter. I don't think he really. I don't think he figured out his role in the NBA yet. Yeah. But maybe he'll find it with Toronto. So, well, speaking, he's been bouncing around a lot. So yeah. this is this is speaking against this one and done, and I have an issue with. But uh, yeah. that'll be our, our next basketball topic. We'll talk about that soon. <laughs> um, no. Um, spe- speaking of Toronto, um, Kyle Lowry not getting moved also shocked me. I think the biggest takeaway outside of Chicago making the moves that they did from and I guess Victor Oladipo as well um outside of those big moves that did happen I think the the bigger story with the trade deadline is the two moves that didn't happen and that was Lonzo Ball we talked about that mm-hmm. and Kyle Lowry not moving on out of Toronto I mean he was doing press conferences with saying goodbye to Toronto uh after that game and yeah. we were just kind of shocked to see and him not no get takers moved. they couldn't get any takers and I don't know what they were asking for. I think that their asking price had to be too high because there there had to be guys totally interested in in Kyle Lowry services. There's no way that that nobody was making making an effort to try to get him. I I I don't know what happened. Maybe the asking price was just too high. But looking at their roster, man, I I don't recognize none of these guys. <laughs> these are. I mean, yeah. uh, who are who are these people? I'm just, yeah, this, it's a brand new team, and like this, I, who knows what they were asking? They probably was asking for everything, and I, rightfully so, because that's again, if you can't get the right deal, don't even make the deal. Just keep the guy, and that's I probably. That's I think that's what happened, but yeah, I think there's so much get, hype. You're that not going to get anything up. back for him in the off season. He's just going to walk, unless you could possess him in a sign and trade. I guess you could, but I, I mean, know that. He, I know for me, good. like as a as as an organization, I wouldn't count on that though. I would be thinking the worst. We're getting nothing for him now. Yeah, I mean, granted, I mean, goodness, I mean, Toronto is not even playing at home this year, so I don't know how. 
you know, di- discombobulated or, you know, <laughs> just, it just mattered. Well, it's been a couple of months by now. So you, I mean, just how, on how they had operations and, like, I don't know how they operate. I mean, maybe you're out of that everything. Toronto snow uh, at this time of the year. So, what? <laughs> I, you know, I guess I just, it just, you know, it, it's just weird. a lot of weird, you know, this COVID thing. I mean, it's just throwing a flux in this season. And it's just like, I can't even begin to think what what is he, what, what, what are they even playing right now? Like, they're in Florida. Florida. Yeah. I think they're playing in Tampa. <laughs> so, okay. Because of COVID, we, we don't want you to come and play in Canada. However, Let's send you to the hottest spot in the country in the world. Well, it was the only st- it's the only <laughs> state that would like allow another team to come in. It's Ground Zero. What are you talking exactly. about? It's the new Ground Zero. That is why York. Florida is <laughs> this is a totally different conversation. <laughs> move off of that. Yeah, um, Toronto. I'm like, <laughs> okay, you know, well, this is how we this is how we protect our assets. <laughs> send them right to ground, you know. Well, they had to play. So, cuz I think Canada wouldn't allow them to play. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So I'm saying all that to say, this is, I think a lot of this has contributed to Kyle Lowry still being there. Like they can't move this guy, you know? And, and granted, I wouldn't move him for pennies on a dollar. Even if I was losing, him. I'm not going to lose you and just give you up. And then I just take cash consideration and, you know, and, well, and you know, and, they were giving John, up more than that. John Come on. Joseph, you know, like who is John Joseph? <laughs> exactly. I don't know who John Joseph is. He, you know, they were giving up more than that. It was not that deal. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Whatever happened, they didn't make the deal. So <laughs> it could have been a cash consideration as far as I'm concerned. And, but looking at this roster, what did, where are they understand these? Like, goodness. Uh, I mean, I can pull it up here. It's not good, though. And then they're, they're not even in consideration to be able to make it to the. Uh... I have to say, arguably, Gary Trent. Is the number two guy on the team right now. That's why I like this trade. Well, I mean, they got Siakam still, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> they got, I mean, they got a couple people over there. I'm just, man. Yeah, Toronto had they they had their 15 minutes of fame, and now <laughs> that has passed, as you can see. <clears throat> yeah, but they were aggressive enough to get up into the trade at the trade deadline, and and actually execute a deal and that's what I, I i found impressive i'm like okay toronto at least you're not you're not gonna lay it lay down and take it on the chin you know yeah so i mean yeah it's i think toronto's just in a in a weird spot um i mean like you said they're in 11th place right now in the east uh a few no, games no, back no. rodney hood no he was um rookie in 2014 so yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the year I, before. I saw that. Um, Which I thought. I was just had to make sure. Because I'm like, I don't remember on that team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, because we were, it was kind of back-to-back seasons with Duke where they were really in strong consideration. And then that 2015, finally, they broke, broke through. Um, yeah, when they wasn't really expected to. And no. that's when they did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, But no, yeah, Toronto is in 11th place. They're two games behind the Bulls in, in the, uh, to, for the playoff playing tournament, but with what the Bulls did, you can expect them to be close to being in that eight seven range as as it stands right now. Uh, as, as they clearly, this team I think is better than what they were. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're really trying to fight, uh, kind of from the four games back from Indiana, and then you got Miami. Uh, they're they're five games back from them. So it, it's kind of it's going to be a really tough situation. I think Miami is about to catapult themselves really far into. Uh, these the standings as it as it is right now because of the the um, improvements that they have made. Um, so I mean it's you're you're looking at a situation right now where Toronto 
you didn't get better. Your team has not been performing anywhere near what what people thought they were going to be. It was going to be the perennial playoff team, I think, a lot of people thought coming into the season, mm-hmm. um, especially with them signing Fred Van Vliet um, to that to that big deal, um, and then trying to to make some moves here or there. It just didn't happen, and and Kyle Lowry can't do it by himself. Um, so. Yeah, Toronto's just in a weird spot where they're not horrible, but they're not good. So right, yeah. Um, and you got any other big moves? Uh, big moves. Let's small moves. I know you like little ones too. Anything of note? Well, um, I am looking at. Well, uh, if you want to go, there's that three team, the three team trade. You know, with the seventy uh, sixes, the Knicks and the Thunder. Lay it out there. Well, you got you know George Hill going to the port to the to Philadelphia, um, <clears throat> and Austin Rivers is going to OKC now. You know, so that was a big swap, and Knicks are getting a boatload of draft picks. You know, uh, twenty twenty one second round pick. Oh man, look at the confetti Yay. fly now, <laughs> and a twenty twenty four second round pick, which is protected if it's anywhere between thirty one and fifty five. So what they just can't have the last five picks? Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, uh, the, what, what, let me see. Does does this round does round two start at thirty one or thirty? Thirty thirty one. Okay, so yeah, to get like the last four, maybe four or five pick. Wow. Okay, <sighs> that's a weird deal. <laughs> they get. I mean, they also get Vincent. Oh man, I can't even say these people's names. I'm Vincent Portia. Portia. Okay, I, I don't know if it was pronounced <laughs> that way. Terrence Ferguson and then the rights to Amir Alphabet starts with a P. P R L D Z I C. I don't know how to say that. Fine. Sorry. I'm not I've been in no spelling bees. I can't I don't even know how to begin to pronounce that. But that's how three team tree trade works. I don't know why the third team always comes in, but it's the third team that gets the deal done, but the third team never gets anything. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> And that's the Knicks, so they probably got to dump salaries anyway. So, so really, the big moves were, you know, Austin Rivers going to the OKC, and <clears throat> George Hill, um, another veteran guard going over to 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 the Philadelphia. Given and Philadelphia being a contender, you know, it's just bolstering their roster. So what you're further. telling me is, Doc Rivers sent his son away to OKC. <laughs> um, he did it in L.A. He, he, True, he, he did he, two for two. I mean, man, it's. I don't know. It's a love hate thing going on over here. It's tough two. out here for these river children. Man, <laughs> it's hard out here for. Them. <laughs> uh, no, I just find that to be man. funny. Uh, no, but I, I think make that connection to you. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. He is the coach over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, but George Hill coming into the 76ers. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? How do you think that he fits in that in that offense or, or in, on that roster? In, I like the idea of it because it takes a little bit of the pressure off of, um. oh, my God. Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons. And I know that, oh man, we in the new NBA and, they, you know, we're guards and forwards and now playing point, the point position a lot. But when you got a pure point guard or, or, or a two-way guard that can play the two or the one, you know, that that's – it's almost something of a relic, but it's also something that stabilizes your 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 roster, you know. Yeah. And because when the Ben Sivens of the world and the Lonzo Balls and the, and the, and the Zach Levines cannot necessarily get it done at that position, or they're called to be able to have to do all the scoring, and it's going to take away from their facilitating abilities, you know. That's where these guys come in, and that can actually now, you know, they don't have to necessarily 
go so hard, you know, <clears throat> on the offense, uh, let alone if they've been called to be a two-way player, yeah. which a few of them are and most not. But, you know, it just it, it gives you more flexibility on your schedule. So, I sure. man, I thought it was a home run uh, for, for Philadelphia, and I thought it was a much-needed add-on to help them, especially cause hearing about the Ben Simmons and the um, – why am I not hit remembering this man's name? Joel Embiid, of course. <laughs> Embiid, out of sight, out of mind, because yeah. he's hurt. And course, that, I, and that oh that's goodness. the uh, go ahead. I, that, that's my point. <laughs> go right ahead. So, this Which is, is why this trade is big for for me for the seventy sixers. I don't, and I guess this is going back to what the what is always going to be the off season topic with the seventy sixers. Do you think that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid can coexist and be one A one B on a roster to, I, to win a championship. I mean, obviously they can do it because they they've been doing it in, in Philadelphia, but I, I don't to believe, win a championship, I don't believe so. Uh, I don't think this is the right combination. Yeah, and so at the end of the day, mm-hmm. uh, if you if that's the way that a lot of people feel, like they just can't work together, just because Joel Embiid can't stay healthy, Ben Simmons can't shoot, uh, or he can, he just freaking won't. Um, and that's a whole nother conversation, but mm-hmm. who would you rather build around Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons? Taking, if I had to take one of the two, I'm, I'm taking Ben Simmons. Um, thank you. And you are the first person to agree with me on this. Ben Simmons can play. <laughs> he's, he's a point forward. He, you can build around him. And if you get rid of Joel Embiid, you are going to get a haul for Joel Embiid. But you're not the more and more that you continue to to say we're gonna build around these two. These are two guys. We have two stars, and we're not moving off of it. The more and more Joel Embiid's trade value keeps going down because he's gonna keep getting hurt. And exactly, and he can't stay on the floor. It does not matter what his. Oh, he has this x amount of upside, and when he's back and I he's don't healthy, care. you don't pl- you don't play more than fifty right. games a season. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> you you spend in half the season rehabbing to come back to play too much before you get another kind of injury, nagging injury. Then you have to sit out even more time. Now you're trying to get that back together. You come back, then it's reaggravated. We start the process all over again. hundred and, percent. And then and all you're doing, all I'm hearing is Ben Simmons getting ripped. But he doesn't do this, and he doesn't. He won't do that. shoot. He can't. He can't hit okay, the three. Fair. That's all fine. But that's in the concept of how y'all built this team right now. Y'all didn't make him the number one guy. Y'all haven't said we're going to run our offense through you, through and through. It's your team. And you keep saying that it's John Beats' team. And and I and I understand why. You know, and and I don't agree. <laughs> so, you know, it's just because and it's and it's, and it's for health alone at this point. The other point is look at today's NBA. Joel Embiid is a relic. Yeah, he can be that rare thing, exception to the rule. I think the, the cool rule. thing in the, in, the, in the NBA right now is a stretch four, not a stretch five in my opinion. No, and now they're trying to get, okay, he can shoot threes. From, that is taken away from what the whole glitz and glamour of why we drafted him in the first place. It wasn't because he could shoot threes. Y'all, that came after the word fact. Yeah. Because this is where y'all wanted him to adjust to and adapt to the league. but th- Not even to the league, to adapt to our roster with Ben Simmons not being able to shoot. And now you want your center to do? I'm like, okay, so who is our big time power forward or or or, or small forward that's doing all the rebounding then? Because this is where Philadelphia keeps coming up short because they can't seem to figure out their nucleus properly. After that, like I've said at the beginning, I just don't believe this combination really works in the long run. And and it's and it's solely because for me, 
it would be completely different. I would have a completely different outlook on this if Joel Embiid was on the floor for more than 50 games a season. If he could stay on the floor, if he could be game in, game out, mm-hmm. play a back-to-back every now and then, I wouldn't I wouldn't have any issues with Joel Embiid. I like his game. I like that he can stretch the floor. I like that he can knock down threes when he can. I like the fact that he wants to be that post-presence, and that's one of the issues that they've been having in, in Philadelphia is the fact that Joel Embiid wants to play on the post, but Ben Simmons wants him to be standing out there so that he can drive in and stop clogging up the paint for him. And I'm like, okay, that is one issue that I do have with Ben Simmons. I want Ben Simmons to start shooting because when he does, he can hit him. He he can hit threes, and it doesn't even have to be threes. Long-range twos if you want to. I know that's mm-hmm. not the analytic, safe thing to do in, in today's day, day and age, but at the end of the day, two is better than zero. So True. please, but shoot the ball. When they bring in a Seth Curry and a Danny Green, I think they're already addressing, they're addressing shooting. I mean, they, I mean, it's being addressed on the team beyond him. Yeah. And But what I'm saying, I have to say this, beyond him and Embiid. Embiid, does, I, I'm never in agreement with this guy out here shooting threes. Not that no. he can, just because he can do it, that does not play to the strength I, I would rather team. have Joel Embiid in the paint. Yes. Right, and you're so, seven feet, day, 280. I don't need you <laughs> around the perimeter, no, standing around waiting. I need those rebounds. Thank Please, you. Please, get what? down in the paint. Right, I, okay, okay, so I guess we're going to put 6'2", 185, Seth Curry, so he's going <laughs> to switch up and let him be the rebounder? Because like, obviously you're telling me Embiid can shoot threes better than him. And I'm sorry, you can't. No. He's Seth a Curry. Curry is the most efficient, He's efficient a Curry. three rate. Thank you. I mean, and another Duke player, by the way. Just want to throw that out there. <laughs> they if all, you didn't they catch on, Curtis play. Ford loves Duke. Uh, <laughs> so. I don't like the one and duns, but yeah. So I'm more disenchanted the last several years. No, but this is what I was Moving saying with, with Philadelphia. It's just I think that they need to, to bust it up. Send Joel and B. Don't trade away Ben Simmons. Build around Ben Simmons in the way that his game is now. You've already started by getting Seth Curry. Uh, and and who was the other guy that they got for shooting? Oh, Danny Green. Danny Green. Uh, you got you already started there. Cool. Got Tobias Harris. Got you got Harris. Got they, Dwight Howard. Need, no, I think they need, they need to move off Tobias Harris contract if they can. Um, <laughs> probably can't move it. Yeah, it's hard but, to move. But, but you got Dwight Howard as an insurance policy because we already know. Embiid is not going to play every hell. He ain't even like he ain't he ain't healthy now. So yeah, and they so we you know you bring in a Dwight Howard, not 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 Dwight Howard from ten years ago, but it's still solid he's, a solid piece. I mean hell, I would take him. I don't care off what the bench. Franchise I love I him, and you can go out if you're trading away Joel Embiid. You're gonna get a decent. You can get a decent center in return who also can just be a right. post presence. Or, or, or if you're looking to just get more shooters, I don't care what it is. Trade away Joel Embiid. Let him go do something somewhere else because mm-hmm. he's not going to work with Philadelphia. Right. It's just he's he can't stay healthy. You can get a haul back from him. If, even if you're just getting a plethora of picks back for him, that's cool too. Mm-hmm. I don't care. But you need to get him off the roster and start building and put something else around um uh, around Ben Simmons because it's it's – and that's where George Hill comes in. And that's why I'm like, I think that was a solid move because if there's nothing else, I don't I don't think they're trying to get away from Embiid, but Embiid at this moment. It but if they're like, starting to think about that, look, you're starting to put the pieces in place. I don't know if they are. I mean, the the moves that they're making makes it seems like they possibly are trying to do that. Um, but to me, from what, what they've been saying and what I've been seeing from other NBA pundits and whatnot is the fact that they just love Joel Embiid's potential so much that they might be willing to move off Ben Simmons. And I'm like, that is if they do that, 
I'm sorry, Philadelphia, but you're tanking your entire chance of winning a uh, winning a championship. And for all those years that they just tanked and just took it on the chin and just kept trust the process. And, trust. Right. The, get out Nothing, of here. With one that. first round after the next first round after the next first. Round. Okay, you hit it twice technically out yeah. of all of that, and now one of the two. Here we are at the crossroads. You got to pick one. And I'm so unfortunately, they just they don't work together. Yo, you all have this experiment has went on far long, far too long in Philadelphia. And I'm thinking if for Philadelphia to make that next jump, one of these one or the other is going to have to go. I'm, I'm not in favor of Simmons going, but if you keep both of them there. Good. Look, y'all going to be a solid second round semifinalist, you know, playoff team. Maybe knock on the door and yeah. be that. That underdog guy, underdog team that gets to the conference title, but then you're gonna lose. You're not. You're never going to. Why is gonna hit another shot on you? <laughs> because again, because you, you still got them. Now you got Miami on your tail. You already already in a you battling out for Milwaukee to yeah. see who's going to face New Jersey. You know, up New Jersey, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, the <laughs> Nets people. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not used to Brooklyn. Yeah, moving on. Um, to, but to, for the Nets, because let's just assume the Nets are there. Like, yeah. Just just on paper, I'm granted. They still have to play the games, but they don't have a lot of depth either. No, and granted, injuries could definitely take a, a toll of that as well. Yeah. But just from the Rouse aspect, we're just gonna just slate New Jersey, I mean, Brooklyn at one, <laughs> and then you know and now everybody else is fighting for that two seed. Exactly, you know. So now you got three legitimate squads fighting for that second spot now in Philadelphia. I, I hustling backwards, and I'm like, I'm I'm telling you, they need to reevaluate this Embiid thing. You know, they I'm, really do. I. I I, get something while you can get a you can get a king's ransom for him now, like you were saying. I'm like, this would be the time. I'm not saying moving right this moment, but two years would ago would have been the time. I think they need to start seriously thinking about it though, and if they're gonna do anything else, I'm like, but Ben Simmons, I think y'all need to just look. We got you need to go down in the, with in the ship with this guy, unless you're gonna sit here and trade him for a Durant or go somebody. Trade both of them, if you want to, you could do that, but I, I don't think you should. I think you. If I really wish Ben Simmons would just wake up and just, just, it's not even the fact that he doesn't hit threes. It's the fact that he doesn't shoot them. That's what kind of pisses me off. What is his up. natural position? I, I would put, to me, if I was just going to place him somewhere, I would put him at the three. Okay. Um, Just with his size, I think he fits really well there. His defense is fantastic. I, I think he could stop any wing defender uh, at the three position in all honesty. Um, and in his offensive ability, the way that he drives, he's he he honestly is the next he he would be the next LeBron, quote unquote. Hmm. Um, if that's the guy that you're trying to compare him to, I remember them. They were making that comparison. Yeah, when you came out. <laughs> I mean, his game is very similar. It's just the fact that LeBron was willing to work on his three point game and shoot him, mm-hmm. and Ben Simmons won't. He he's he won't even shoot the mid range two, and that's what really and that's what pisses me off about him is just the fact that he won't he won't take the shot because honestly you don't have to hit him. It's at this point, it's the fact that they don't even respect the fact that he won't shoot it so much mm-hmm. that they just they will play three feet into inside the inside the arch because they know he won't shoot. And if he does take the shot, he'll he'll generally he'll miss it. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean he doesn't have a it's not a fifty fifty proposition for him because he won't shoot him. Gotcha. So and that's what I have an issue with. It's just you're if you work because he works on his game on or his outside game, uh, a lot on the off season. You're seeing all these videos on Twitter and on Instagram mm-hmm. of him hitting threes at the park and what whatnot. And I'm like, cool. When are you <laughs> gonna bring that into your game? When are you gonna do that on the on the NBA floor? 
and he won't. It's just, <laughs> it's so frustrating. It's like I'm tired of hearing you do it in the off season. James Harden, you'll see him doing moves all mm-hmm. the time in the park when he goes to New York and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, you're gonna see it three months into the season. He's gonna bust it out in in a real live game, and he'll he'll work on it. And then all of a sudden, that's the move he's killing you with in the playoffs. Right. Where is this work happening with you, Ben Simmons? Because I I don't see you doing it. Like you you're you'll hit him in the off season, and then you just do not do anything in the regular season, and you just completely fall off in the in the postseason. So I just like it. It's just frustrating to see that both of these guys they they want to be the star, they want to be the number one option in there with the team, but neither one of them like. Joel Embiid won't take his health seriously enough to 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 stay healthy for for a full eighty two game season, mm-hmm. and Ben Simmons, you're always healthy, you're always on the floor, but you're not working on anything, you're not improving your game. Obviously, right. your inside game has been fantastic, your defense has been fantastic, you're you're a fantastic two way wing, but come on, you can facilitate like crazy. Right. Let's get the shot finally. You you put that together. Ben Simmons could be in contention against. Uh, Giannis against Kawhi to be the the number one guy in this league if he wanted to, but he just hasn't put in the work. He hasn't finished it, and and just to know that he has that potential because that that's the one thing in the NBA you can develop is a shot. You mm-hmm. can't you can't develop size. You can't develop your 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 basketball IQ. You can't develop. Well, I mean, technically you can. You can learn more about basketball, but don't I'm saying it's just just your court vision. Happen. Yeah, it just you 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 have those and those sets of skills are just set in stone your shot that is something that is always able to be worked on we they completely broke down and refixed markel Fultz's shot mm-hmm. so like obviously they can do it he just won't well i mean and that there and there lies the issue there in philadelphia but with that again they did was able to score george hill so that gives them some stability at the guard position. I think, if nothing else, it helps Ben Simmons' game out more than anything. Yeah. Now, I think it, well, it can hand. It definitely can hand um, help Embiid because because they because George Hill could be more of a facilitator, and which can really you know feed these two guys and make them and find a way to put them to coexist. So I guess I'm a little interested to see what Doc Rivers do with these three now. Yeah. Now that George Hill is here and how they're going to utilize Hill. Does Hill come off the bench? Um, or is he going to be a starter? I mean, are they going to keep running Ben Simmons at the one then? And that was what I was. And that's the other question. That's what I'm getting at. Like you brought a heel in to, just to come off the bench, or yeah. is he going to start? Is he going to start at the two? Is he going to start at the one? You just, I just, I don't know. You know, and that's, I, 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 again, I like the pickup because it was a much needed. They needed a guard. Yeah. You know, now how they use him, that remains to be seen. And that's, you know, I, I trust Doc Rivers. Granted, you just traded your son away. Um, <laughs> I, I would hope you're you're doing it, you know, and going to be active behind this, not yeah. just well, I got rid of him. Now, you know, just need to get his contract out of here, whatever the case was. You know, my son pissed me off, and I'm I'm just gonna, I can't I just can't stand looking at him. You know, I don't know what's going on, but uh, there, there's some family and, drama here. And if you say, oh my God, did you see the did you see the Thunder's roster? No, I haven't. He, he has punished him, son, his son. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just. I mean, I, I didn't expect I, too much of it. I have to look at his contract. After I, they I, lost Chris Paul, they really don't have anything over there. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. I mean, it's it, the cupboards are bare. <laughs> is um, what's his name still over there? 
Dennis Schroeder was over there, but who's the other guy? Uh, SGA. Shay Gilgis, yep, Shea yep. Gilgis is over there? Alexander. Yeah, yeah. he's there. Yeah, okay. Well, here. they got one. <sighs> Justin Jackson? Yeah. It, it's Shay and no, yeah. nothing else. <laughs> and, oh, I guess it's Shay now and then... Uh, <laughs> Man, you talking about Moses Brown? Get out of here. Okay. Center Moving on. UCLA. Lou Dort. Is Lou Dort still over there, or did they trade him too? Who? Lou Dort. Oh, no, he's there. He's still there. He's still there. <laughs> a lot of, but man, they got a very young team, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. All these first, second-year players. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Al Horford don't even count. He, he's not even playing in the rest of the year. Yeah. He's going to sit out. And the most veteran person they got is... Mike Mus- Muscala. Mike Muscala. Yeah. Seven okay. year, seven year play, center. Nah, that's 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 OKC. I mean, so. they're in a rebuild and they got Nothing. every pick in the world. <laughs> so. Well, they're good because they need to replace a lot of stuff. Here yeah. No, they've got a lot of picks and, and they're in a full fledged rebuild. So, and we knew that once they traded away Chris but Paul. They in got the Austin place. Rivers over there now. Yeah. So, I mean, you trade a wheel for him. I guess that that. If I'm OKC, yeah, I'll take him over him because I, I mean Hill's not gonna help help this team, you know. And Austin Rivers' skill set can, you know. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, you have any other ones you uh, want to discuss? Quick, quick hitters. Yeah. Um, going back, it was before the the actual deadline day on March seventeenth. Um, Valentine's Day, St. <laughs> Patrick's Day. Um, Trevor Reza. Went to the Heat as well. Yes, that was did. another solid defensive piece with offensive, you know, yeah. uh, you know, stretch, stretch, you know, best got a defensive three, um, um, small forward who who um, who has scoring capabilities and can get get a long range game and can play it on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you when you just combine, you know, the the work that him and Victor Oladipo, I mean, man, the Heat, gonna be the Heat nice. are nice. I like I it. Wanted, I just wanted to just, you know, undergird that. I know they're still under 500 move. as it stands right now, but soon, once we're getting into oh. that second half, this last stretch here, it's man, gonna it's going to change real quick. Yeah. And what is your idea? What is your thoughts about the Daniel Dice trade? I, I was confused at first because obviously we just got Vucevic. So I was like, why? But I'm like, okay, let's get some depth at that position as well. That's fine. I really would have rather us go get maybe like a maybe a veteran small forward to help uh, with the development of Pat Williams. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, as long as we're trying to actually be competitive in the playoff run here, I like it. I, I it's been too long since we've seen Chicago be. Uh, competitive, so I, I really want to. I, I'm, I'm excited to see what what this comes up, and with that, I hope this carries into the off season as well to make some big kind of splash moves in, mm-hmm. in this free agency. I, I haven't checked what the free agency is going to be looking like, but uh, I'm excited to see what we can do, what what guys we can uh, hopefully entice to to sign over here because I think we got a nice, we got some nice young guys, and we got some superstars on our roster now that can definitely help us propel in, into being a again another getting back to a, a point where we're another perennial. And I uh, think off, this is the beginning. Playoff team. This is the beginning of that process. Yeah. Gonna come. Uh, so I'm yeah. I'm like you. I'm excited in the off season. Which I have not been excited for the NBA basketball for quite some time, but yeah. it things have gotten quite interesting over the last year or so. I mean, going back from the pandemic, the bubble to now, it just yeah. 
I have to say the NBA has been nothing less than interesting for the past 18 months, you know, and with this year is like, I, you know, and this very aggressive um, trade, trade, um, tra- um, trade, trade cycle deadline. and trade deadline. I mean, man, you don't usually see these many type of trades and then they all just start coming in at the end, yeah. right? Right before the day, the deadline, which was like, Oh my goodness. And I was like, you know, we're talking about our talking points. I'm like, yeah, we got about 12 talking points. Yeah. Today. Well, we could have literally talked about two trades and kept it moving, but yeah. there was quite a few significant trades that happened here. And, you know, when some of these teams like Denver and Chicago, they double dipped, you know, Unheard of. This don't really happen in the NBA. <laughs> this was very aggressive for the NBA. So, yeah. Um, okay. I, I just want, I was I was curious about your your, your take because I'm like, okay, they traded, did this backup trade and got another center. And- yeah. And it was just, I, I'm okay with them. I, I don't hate it. I mean, obviously, Mo Wagner, we we kind of flipped to go get Daniel Tice for him. So I'm like, okay, but it, it wasn't wasn't wow oh my goodness this is really going to put us over the top but it's not right. something it's not insignificant either so I, I do like it i think it does like i said give us depth um so i i i think that it, it puts us in position to potentially make some moves and and again like i think this sets us up for this offseason so yeah well the thing other than that was the nuggets also with like i was saying oh, with their second javel mcgee yeah Coming man, getting rescued out of out of, out of Cleveland. <laughs> Same thing with Andre Drummond. I mean, they they I think they did Andre Drummond Drummond a little dirty by making him wait for the buyout market, but that's a whole nother conversation. Back to back to <laughs> McGee. But yeah, I I mean, again, and I mean we already talked about the Nuggets. I'm just saying, just that was just one of the last yeah. deals I think of note that given. I mean, Denver giving them some depth that they need, especially when they got to go up against the, the L.A.s of the world, you yeah. know, whether it's the Lakers or the Clippers. They they have a very comparable team where, you know, L.A. Lakers, L.A. Clippers, uh, um, Denver Nuggets, Utah Jazz. That uh, literally, I mean, anything past that four, I'm like, come on. Like, you you're talking about, like, oh, if Portland tries to step up. Really, Portland? <laughs> Good luck, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like seriously, not gonna happen. Oh, look at San Antonio and Houston's trying to make some sit down. Yeah, it's it's these four teams, and that's it. You know, that's stop. You know, no, it's not gonna be some dark horse fifteen that's just stepped up. Granted, I, honorable mention, I'm gonna give it to Dallas. <laughs> that, yeah. that, other than that, that's it. That's I would say you, I think you definitely need to keep keep Dallas in there because I let's just. Uh, Based I'll, I'll on hope, what just happened, that does put them in the conversation. And I think we also need to wait and see how that chemistry works, if they can implement that a little bit better, like the way that you were saying. Don't right. know if J.J. Reddick's going to be coming off the bench or if you want right. to have him in the starting lineup and whatnot. Once they figure it out, once they get going, we'll see how they how they implement it. So I um, actually because his reason. More times than not, and everywhere he's went, he started. So oh, yeah. And that's that's the thing that's like, even when he went to the Clippers, he was starting. And I was like, man, yeah. like – Guys, solid. I mean, my goodness. So that's why I'm just curious. I mean, because it, 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 it's a very real possibility where he could yeah. be the sixth man, and it, and it, and I can understand it, you know. But that remains to be seen. 100. percent So, well, I think we should call it there. Um, let us know what you guys think about the trade deadline. And again, we're a week late, so this is old news for a lot of people. But right. at the end of the day, these are still big trades, and it's still kind of pretty fresh in any way. So just let us know what you think, and and, and let us know. Uh, what you think may might have been even a bigger deal than what we we we've brought up here. So, 
Um, Did we miss any points? Yeah. Is it something I agree to? Yeah. I don't agree with what you said. <laughs> oh, I agree. Let 100%. us know what we were talking about with uh, 76ers and whatnot as well. I mean, do you think that they should move off of uh, either one of their, their big two stars? Or are we just completely idiotic for thinking <laughs> that, that they that could, don't work together? Definitely a topic we can bring back up. Or yeah, that can be a full-fledged episode. Just let us know what you guys think <laughs> down below. Yes. Um, leave a comment, whatever you need to do. Um, also some housekeeping things before we wrap up here go follow us on twitter at the underscore uh square pod uh we put out polls i mean we just we just put out uh, the first two parts of the our nca inspired bracket uh just yesterday so go check it out there um and you can see the full bracket you can also see the individual um uh, episodes that we have up now they'll continue to be coming out as well um, and then you'll be able to also vote when you think uh, on that bracket as well. So go check that out there. Just go follow us on Twitter, like, share, and subscribe uh, to, to the podcast here on YouTube or, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And please share because we do want to be a growing community of sports fans having open forum discussion. So tell all your friends, all your friends, everybody. <laughs> um, so again, thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Have a good day.